Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at It's Friday. Man, we're here in the summertime now. Football right around the corner. Absolutely spectacular. We are loaded once again today. I love when people say, hey, this is downtime in football. Man, there ain't no downtime any longer in football. Hope all are enjoying their Friday. Thank you so much for coming along with us. Like I said, we got a power pack show. I'll get to the guests and all the topics we have here in a second. But I want to start the show out today with a little bit of a memory of mine, and I want to share it with you. Today is the 29th anniversary of Jerome Brown dying in Brooksville, Florida. And if some of you don't know the name Jerome Brown, Jerome Brown was on his way to being one of the greatest defensive linemen in the history of the National Football League. I had the privilege and the pleasure of playing next to Jerome at the University of Miami, where I learned so much. You see, I came from the New England area. I went to a predominantly white school, Stanford Catholic High School. Didn't have a lot of minorities around me at the time. And I get down to Miami. Not only was it an education on how to be a teammate, but it was also an education on how to deal with people that were raised differently than you were. And in that experience, it was the greatest classroom I ever had. And we bonded together. He loved my family. Jerome came up to my home. You know, one time it was crazy. My, my grandfather, who is this old Italian fisherman and fireman in Stanford, Connecticut, he gets a knock on the door. It's about 11 o'clock at night. This is when Vinny Testaverde was going to win the Heisman, and everybody was in town, Alonzo Highsmith, Jerome Brown, and, you know, I think Daryl Fullington and a couple other guys. So they knock on my grandfather's door, and then they're in, in this Italian neighborhood. My grandfather's like, Hey, some of your teammates are here. I said, these guys are going to be drafted in the first round. Every single one of these guys, Vinny, uh, Jerome, uh, Alonzo was the third pick. Uh, Jerome was the ninth pick, I think. I mean, you know, Testaverde was the number one overall pick. And so there they all are sitting there around my table eating like, um, you know, meatballs and spaghetti and we're just sitting around having a great time drinking beers my grandfather was like these guys are fantastic i said grant the greatest experience i ever had in my entire life was playing at the university of miami because it taught me so much i love every single one of those guys to this day because of jerome jerome was an incredible force you know who i compare him to i get asked this question all the time um who, who would you compare personality wise jerome brown to he was Charles Barkley of football. He was the Charles Barkley of football. Just amazing personality. Everyone that was around him just loved the guy. Was he crazy? I can't tell you how many times me and him used to get in trouble with the campus police because we were drag racing out front of the University of Miami. I, I'd be in a Corvette or whatever kind of car Jerome would be in a Grand National or something. And he would just go crazy. The guys at the Eagles used to always get scared because Jerome had this like ninja motorcycle and he would just go like 150 miles an hour in the old vet parking lot. And Buddy Ryan and Jeff Fisher, who was the D-line coach and all those guys used to just get so nervous because he was so crazy when it came to speed. He loved speed. You know, as I was telling you, you know, I got a chance when I got down to Miami, I'll never forget some of the stories that, you know, I've been telling people over the last couple of days, especially in Miami. You know, when I first get down to Miami, um, Jerome saw that I was a good player and he knew that I came from kind of a little bit of a different background than what a lot of the kids that go into Miami uh, go into. And he was like, hey, man, come with me. So he takes me into Liberty City in Overtown. Man, you talk about impoverished folks. You know, minority folks not having enough to eat, this and that. We go around, we're 
talking to some of the kids. He goes, do me a favor, silly. I'll wear your jersey. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell's for? What, what do you mean by that? So he takes me to this soul food place, collars and greens and everything. We're sitting there. We're getting you know, fed this food and, you know, Chinese boxes and we're eating all this Southern food. I had never eaten anything like this in my entire life. And I'm sitting there enjoying myself. And he goes like this, you see, we have to do this stuff here because what we're going to do one day is we're going to inspire some kid to maybe find an avenue for him to be able to leave his situation or their situation to have a chance to go on and succeed. I never forgot that and how much he always wanted to give back to a community. My relationship with him was insane. It was just really something that to this day I miss. And here, let me get this. Maybe in honor of what it will do here is Big Sales will put the Jerome Brown hat on today. Okay. We'll put the Jerome Brown hat on and we'll do the show with the JB hat on. Um, You know, it's, the relationship, like I said, we had was just absolutely insane. It was one of the absolute best. And I was so grateful to be around him. Another quick story, like we're both in the pros and Jerome's with the Eagles and I'm with the Buccaneers. And I'll never forget, um, Jerome goes like this. He goes, Sills, meet me up in Brooksville. And I'm like, are you, are you in town? All right, man, because obviously I was with the Buccaneers. And this was 1987. And he goes, meet me up, man, in Brooksville. So I said, all right. Big old parade going on in Brooksville. I was like, man, this is great. This is great. All of a sudden, I see these guys coming, walking down the Main Street in Brooksville, Florida. And Jerome, I go, Jerome, are those Ku Klux Klan guys? And he's like, yeah. I said, what am I doing here? Are you crazy? Oh, my God. I almost fought him. I was so upset. I'm like, Jerome, I'm at a Klan rally. He goes, no, we're going to break it up. Okay? We're going to break this thing up. I'm like, okay, so wait a minute here. So now you're telling me I could get shot here. (laughs) I'm sitting in the middle of the street, and Jerome's got his arms folded like this, and I'm going like, Hoss, if I – I swear to God, man, I'm going to torment you for the rest of my eternity if I get hurt here. I said, the Bucks are going to go nuts on me. You know what that owner is? This thing's giving me like a, a shadow here, so let me take the hat off. But you all see it here, Jerome Brown. Da, 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 da. It's all good. So I was like, wait a minute here, man. I go, no, 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 man. I, I, I can't be here. I go, I don't want – I go, this is crazy. Well – Jerome in the process ended up diffusing the whole situation. And you want to hear something? Everybody in the community, including the clans people, sat down and everybody broke bread and went on their merry way because that's who that guy was. He did everything unconventional. And it was really one of the absolute greatest relationships. You know, June's not a very good time for me because my freshman year, I told people this before. My workout partner at the University of Maryland was Len Bias, and I was friends with Lenny, and both those guys obviously gone way too soon. I loved Len Bias. Broke my heart and still breaks my heart to this day that both those men are not here. I always thought Len Bias was better than Jordan when they were in college. When Len was at Maryland, Michael Jordan was not better than him. He was not better. That's a fact. You can even ask Jordan. Jordan has said it. Love to have competed against that guy at the next level because he was something special. And same thing with Jerome. So I get a call on June 25th, early in the morning. I'll never forget the Associated Press had called me and they were like, Dan, hey, listen, um, uh, have you heard the news? And I went, Eric Andelsack from the Lions. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. He um, uh, was killed out front of his house at Thibodeau, Louisiana. And he goes, no, did you hear about Jerome? And his nephew, I'm like, no, I just talked to Jerome two days ago. He's like, Jerome Brown and his nephew were killed in Brooksville, pulling out of a car dealership. They flipped the car and the little kid was decapitated and Jerome had the car crush him. He was still alive. 
but the car ended up crushing him and killing him. He was laying there and the cops told me the whole story. He was, they were trying to get him. They just couldn't get the car off him. He wasn't killed instantly. And I was listening to this story and I could not believe what I was hearing. I go, Jerome Brown. I thought Jerome was Superman. I thought he was Superman. I'm like, Jerome Brown. So immediately we get the call from the Brown family. Can you come down? Uh, we're going to like uh, have the funeral services. I think it was Ju July 3rd, something like that. I posted it on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio show when the services were. You'll, it was one of the most incredible things I ever saw. Philadelphia Eagle guys, Reggie White was there. Chris Carter was there. Seth Joyner was there. Andre Waters was there. Buddy Ryan was there. I mean, every – Rex Ryan, excuse me. All those guys were – Jeff Fisher was there. All the Hurricane guys and all the Eagle guys are in this room. My wife is sitting in between. Get this. You will hear something that's even more crazy about that about that day. My wife is sitting in between Cortez Kennedy and Russell Maryland. And Cortez, of course, is not with us any longer. I help Jerome and I help recruit Cortez Kennedy to the University of Miami. We took him out on his recruiting trip. And we were like very happy that he chose to go to the University of Miami. It was a lot to do with that trip. Jerome talked him into it. He could have went to Florida or Florida State, but he always wanted to be a hurricane because of Jerome. And we're sitting there. I'll never forget Reggie White getting Reggie White breaking down at that services was one of the craziest things I ever saw. Here's this gigantic six, six guy. And if you never met Reggie White, it, it really, really, it would be a disappointment in your life never to have met someone like that. I have never in my entire life met anybody like Reggie soft spoken, tremendous leader tremendous conversationalist cared about what you were doing spoke to you not at you what a great teammate and he was breaking down crying in front of all of us all these guys chris carter was bawling seth joiner was on his knees andre waters one of the toughest people i've ever been around was on his knees. These men were crying on their knees because of the impact Jerome had. I'm sitting there going, won't lie to you, I cried too, man. We're all just sitting there going, this is insanity. Never in my life. I love the fact that the Eagles retired his number. That shows you the impact that he had on that franchise. He wasn't around that long to be considered a, you know, like a McDonald or some of these other guys, Bill Berge and them dudes. But his short impact on that franchise was almost the same kind of impact that Sean Taylor had on Washington. And Jerome was an all pro. It wasn't like that he wasn't on any of those. He was. He was a pro bowler. I think he made it twice, maybe three times. I'm not sure. I think twice. Remember, he played on the same line with Reggie pretty hard to be on the line with that guy when that guy's destroying everybody in the league. And there were these men just sitting in this Baptist church in Brooksville, Florida, just on their knees crying. My wife was in tears. These men were uncontrollably crying. Guys that you revere. Reggie White was uncontrollably crying. And I'm sitting there watching this going, <sighs> you know, it's crazy. We and him made a pact years and years ago. If we ever had kids, we check in with their kids. And I still to this day check in with D Brown, who lives in Jacksonville, or excuse me, he lives in Orlando. Um, he was in Jacksonville for a little bit, but I check I check on D Brown. Um, he was a sheriff in Orlando, Florida. You know, he's got a great family, played some baseball for UCF. I was disappointed the University of Miami never gave him a scholarship, but hey, it's all good. And I check in with him every now and then to see how he's doing. We made that pack years ago. And I tell you this stuff about this man because, you know, we, we always talk about the ABs of the world. And we always talk about, 
you know, the troubled athletes in the world and the troubled stories. This is not to make you feel sad. This is to inspire you that he inspired so many people to remember him. I guarantee you, anybody who was on that Philadelphia Eagle gangrene defense, ask him about Jerome Brown. Ask him what they thought of him. Ask him what Reggie thought of him. Reggie loved him. Best friends. My opinion, the reason Reggie leaves Philadelphia, if Jerome was still in Philadelphia, there's no way Reggie White leaves Philadelphia. No way he would have left Philly. That was his best friend. They were best friends. And the services were amazing, seeing these men and the passion. You know what? When I saw all these men crying, it wasn't so much about watching men cry. It was about how they felt about my friend, who was their friend. It wasn't just about football. You know, people think it's always about football, man. It's not about football. It's about friendships. It's about lifelong memories. So about seven of us picked up his casket, took it to its resting place. We opened up the box for the last time. We all said our goodbyes, and we took our ties off, all of us. And we threw our ties into the box with Jerome so we could send him off. We wanted a piece of us to be with him as he went into his next life. That's the kind of impact that a man has on one's life. The only thing, you know, you think about today when I think about him, I think of all the good times. This is, again, not to make you feel sad. This is to inspire you that he still to this day inspires me. And we had such an amazing run. And our coach, Jimmy Johnson, loved the both of us. And, you know, we were salt and pepper, they called us. I told you that's what, um, uh, you know, Joe Paterno called us. Man, you guys are salt and pepper, man. And it was true. So I wanted to start it off. Hopefully I didn't bore you with that, but Jerome was such a player, man. He, he really was an inspirational guy that um, today, March 29th year of his passing, and he, you had to be there in that Baptist church in Brooksville to see the Eagles and the Hurricane guys and people from all over the NFL landscape and college football and community people that were in that building that day to celebrate my friend. It's crazy. So rest in peace, my friend. I'm glad to see the Eagles have your jersey number retired, and rightfully so. All right. We will have on today Jason Cole. We'll have him on at the bottom of the hour. Our resident insider, our Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, will get him to tell us a little bit about how he sees maybe his top three teams going into training camp. We're less than a month away from training camp. We're going to talk with one of the greatest NFL football players of all time, Mike Haynes. Man, one of the biggest defensive backs in the history of the sport. He played with the Patriots and obviously with the Raiders. He's got two Super Bowl rings. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. He's in the National Football Hall of Fame. I asked Ice Cube the question, are you cool with the Raiders being in Vegas? We'll ask Mike Haynes that same question. That'll be at the top of the hour. Then we're going to catch up with noted author and former New York Times columnist. He is also a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, our friend Gary Myers. That will be in our number two. All right, a little bit on Aaron Rodgers here. You know, there's, there's a funny clause that I looked up yesterday that's in the agreement with the COVID-19 agreement between the Players Association and the NFL. Do you know that Aaron Rodgers could opt out of the 2021 season and not be penalized in any signing bonus money or guaranteed money if he decides to opt out for the 2021 year. Now, here's the catch to this. He has until July 2nd to inform the National Football League that he will indeed opt out because of COVID protocols and restrictions. You know, what he basically could say is this. I don't feel comfortable in the fact that the NFL is coming down on vaccinated players and I don't want to get vaccinated. So quite frankly, I'm going to opt out. I'd like to know what the NFL's response would be to that because that would be in his right to do. That's going to be interesting to see 
how and if some of the NFL players, there is a clause in there that was constructed a year ago, the 2020 and 21 season, that players can opt out because of health restrictions. That is a different ball game. Not many people realize that. You know, people were saying, well, if he decides to opt out, he'll throw $35 million into a trash can and light it on fire. That's not the truth. That's not the truth because of that one clause that the Players Association and the league constructed a year ago. Now, will he enforce that? Will he use that? Most likely not. I do think that Aaron Rodgers wants to play football. I think he wants to get on the field. But to me, this comes down to something that Alex Smith, the former Washington quarterback, said. And I think it's rightfully so. Aaron Rodgers is not looking for anything else. He may be looking for a little bit more money that would guarantee his finish in Green Bay. I think there's something to that. Potentially, he wants to finish it in Green Bay. But there's a clause in there, like I said, that he could enforce. I don't believe he wants to do that. But Alex Smith said it perfectly yesterday. He said, listen, I think Alex Smith just wants, or that Aaron Rodgers just wants the communication respect. Hey, here's where we're going. That doesn't mean the player has to like it. That doesn't mean the player gives input and Mark Murphy, the president of the Packers, goes, yeah, I think we'll go down Aaron's route. I, that's not what I'm saying here. But just like when Jason Light, the general manager of the Buccaneers and Bruce Arians, called Brady up and said, hey, guess what we're doing? We're going to take a quarterback in the second round. I just wanted to keep you informed. And just to let you know, it's nothing. You know, we're just looking to have a safety belt in case something goes sideways. We don't want to be left with somebody that's not able to take the reins in case something happens to you. And in the process, Tom, we may be looking at your heir apparent. And that's basically how it was phrased to Brady. You know what Brady said? Hey, okay, I'll work with him. What? Tom Brady's been working with Kyle Trask, the Gator quarterback that they took in the second round. You made that transition seamless because you put Brady in the conversation. Same thing with Alex Smith. Alex Smith, do you know Alex Smith has said publicly now? Andy Reid and then John Dorsey, who was the GM, who ended up taking Patrick Mahomes, do you know that they contacted Alex Smith three times a week? Alex, I think we're going this route. Here's the three guys we're looking at. We're taking a quarterback. We just want you to know. But they were constantly in contact with Alex Smith before they took Patrick Mahomes, all the way up until draft night. And that's why Alex Smith never had a problem with anything. He was being told what was going on. Do you know Aaron Rodgers found out? Watching it on ESPN. Really? They took a quarterback and not a receiver? And I've said that's... That's all that Rodgers is looking for now. Maybe a little extra dough. Maybe a little extra cash. But I do think he's also looking for that communication respect. Got to be, man, right? All right. It always takes an act of Congress for the NFL to do anything. I'll explain what I'm talking about. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. 
catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Cilio on this Friday. Jason Cole will join us here in a couple minutes. Always takes an act of Congress for the NFL to do anything. In the year 2023, we'll have a new strength of schedule formula that we're going to implement for all of you out there. Why can't you just do it now? You know, there was this big announcement. Well, the NFL now will have throwback jerseys and throwback helmets. And my boy Krause goes like this to me. He's like, yeah, but not until like 2022, like somewhere in there. I'm like, what? Why does it always take an act of Congress to do those kind of things? Because you know why? The NFL has to set up merchandising. The NFL has to set up how they're going to make as much money as they possibly can because that's what the league does. You think the NFL does anything for free? You, you know, it's crazy. You know those hometown hero promotions that the league puts on? You think the league does that for free? Or you know those pink like ribbons and the shoes and all the stuff and all the gear that the NFL has on that particular week for like breast cancer? You think the NFL does that for free? They send those people checks. Or excuse me, bills. They send the Pentagon a bill. Okay? Every team that has hometown heroes gets a check from the Pentagon. The NFL looks at the people that are doing breast cancer awareness, the foundation that runs that. You know what the NFL does? They take 95% of all profits and the 5% that they generate, that's what they get. The league doesn't give 100% of that money to breast cancer awareness. You don't really believe that, do you? The league would look at it like this. There's no platform. There's a part of me that understands it too. Watch this. There's no platform that a association or a cause can be on that's any bigger than the National Football League when it comes to sports in this country. You have a platform like the league that you can generate millions and millions of dollars and tax-deductible money. I mean... The league's the greatest platform for that. All right. One of my favorite people on the planet, again, like I said, love his book here too, A Relentless Life. John Elway is our friend and our NFL insider, Jason Cole. Thanks for joining us here on this Friday. Thank you, brother. Uh, how are you? Jason, let me throw this out. I saw something on your Twitter feed, man. I mean, P. 
PFF, it's got to be one of the greatest clickbait sites I've ever seen in the history of God. Sure. I mean, I, okay, I agree with that. I mean, okay, so, but, but help me out because I'm with you. Brady's 44 years of age, and PFF mm -hmm. has him the 10th highest rated quarterback on their list. It's Chris, How, it's Chris, it's not PFF, it's Chris Sims. Chris Although, Sims, that's right, excuse me, it's Chris Sims, Chris Sims. Yeah. Explain to me how you evaluate Tom Brady at 44, okay? Is well, he the I mean, best quarterback, or is he the top 10 guy? How do you look at him? Well, he's a top five guy to me, and, and, and you, you kind of have to mix all these different ways that you measure quarterbacks, right? And that is physical ability. Um, uh, you know, winning. Um, are you trying to win a game today? Are you building a franchise for the next five years? All those different factors, right? And, and so you know, there's never really a clear picture of exactly who you want to have because you're thinking, okay, am I building five years down the line? Well, five years down the line, Tom's not going to be playing in five years. I mean, I mean, nothing's stopping him yet. I get it. But even he's admitted, you know, like 50 is kind of an absurd thing. Um, so I think he's going to play a couple more years. And you see cracks in the armor and all that kind of thing. But if you had to win a game today, who are you picking? <laughs> like, if my mortal soul rests on, I got to win this game today, I'm picking that dude. Like, I really am. Now, there again, there are some mitigating circumstances. Who are the wide receivers? Who's my tight end? Who's, but if all factors are equal, right, if, if if you've got a good set of offense players around him, you've got everything, it's all set up, I'm taking him because my mortal soul rests on him winning a game. So I'm taking him, and he's one of my top five guys. And if I'm thinking three years down the line, I'm still probably taking him because I think I might get two or three more years out of him, right? Like, that's how I'm thinking about it. If you put him up against Lamar Jackson, which is what Chris Sims did, and he put Lamar Jackson, I think, at number six. Like, I like Lamar Jackson. I think that maybe in if he plays 10 or 12 years at this kind of level, you might win one Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson if everything falls right. And that's a great thing. I'll take a chance on that, right? But he ain't Tom Brady, and he's never going to be Tom Brady. And the same goes for Dak Prescott, and the same thing goes for, uh, you know, there was another guy on that list, and, and and Josh Allen and all these other guys. Like, you might win one. That dude's one six, you know, one seven. He's gotten to ten. I, I, I'm, you know, I can't beat that at a certain point. And the physical ability has not deteriorated so badly that he's just getting by. I don't see that. You know, and, and, and Jace, I think it's maybe because we're not believing what our eyes are seeing because you're right. Watch this. If you had to pick with everything being the way it is and equal right now, well, Brady's got the best offensive weapons in the league. He's got the greatest resume in the league. And if I had to win one game, I'm not going to take the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to oh, take Tom Brady and I'm going to take that football team that beat him. Yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, the the problem you have with the Chiefs thing is that they obviously, when they didn't have their offensive tackles and and their run defense was so horrendous, that combination of things in that game rendered Mahomes useless. All right, so it wasn't really equal. It wasn't really fair. It wasn't really equal. Tampa Bay came in there and said, "We're just going to pound you offensively and just go at you and attack your the you know your defensive line, the left side of your defensive line. You can't stop us. We're going to run downhill." And because you don't have a good enough pass protection in this game, we're not going to worry too much about your big plays. Um, you know, we're we're going to take our chances and continue just pound and pound. So I think that game sort of got out of whack. In normal circumstances, with a good offensive line, I'm probably taking Mahomes in that game. And and his and but the fact of the matter is, it's close. Right. It's it's really close. And that's a good it's a really good debate. And that's about the only guy on that list that I would say I would debate against Brady. Maybe that's Aaron Rodgers, but but again, it's probably the only guy. On so that tells you he's a top five guy. I, I agree one hundred percent here. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. What about the fact we're finding out now that Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent? And that he's representing himself when it comes to this contract negotiations with the Ravens. 
something that maybe we'll see becoming more and more of here? Or do you think that this uh, is just a one-off? It's a one-off. And, it, and it's dangerous for Lamar Jackson to do this. Um, it's unwise. A rookie contract is a different thing. Okay. Um, these are complex negotiations that require difficult contract language. Um, you can go back and you can probably look at Patrick Mahomes' deal and look at the language of that deal and you look at these other deals, you know, Dak Prescott's deal and probably examine that or Deshaun Watson's deal, examine that and try and do some similar things. But all players are a little bit different. The risk factor with Lamar Jackson is much higher because of um, how much he runs. Uh, you you want to make sure that your player is safeguarded. So this is unwise. It's extremely unwise, and, it, and it's penny, penny wise and pound foolish. Um, you're talking about 3% on a contract that's going to be worth a couple hundred million dollars. Okay, yeah, could that be you know, $6 million if it's a $200 million deal? Yeah, it could be. But you could also make a mistake that causes you to lose 10 or $20 million, number one. Or number avoid two, the contract. Or avoid the contract. You, know, you don't know what that language looks like. Or the worst part about it is the difference between what, what an agent has to make to make up the difference is not that much. Hmm. Like, okay, you saved $6 million. You can say that that's worth... $206 million because you saved $6 million. Well, the agent only has to get you to $207 million overall with the guarantees to, to make you a million dollars, right? So why not pay for professional protection? Why not pay for somebody who's a better negotiator? Um, again, I, I, I know that there are lots of players out there who think, well, I, I know how to do business. I know how to negotiate. You do not know how to negotiate as well as the guy who's sitting across the table from you because that guy is trained to do that. He is trained by the league. He went to law school in all probability. He reads the collective bargaining agreement. He understands the ins and outs of the collective bargaining agreement. He is paid by the owner to save the owner money. And I always go back to this old story that Des Bryant, you know, bless his heart, Des Bryant was sharp enough to understand this, Okay. You know, a couple of times Jerry Jones tried to pull a fast one and negotiate with Dez on his own, right? And this one time, he, you know, Jerry Jones calls Dez up to his private box at Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Stadium, and says, Dez, you know, we want to talk about your contract. And Dez sits there and says, hey, Jerry, you know, Mr. Jones, um, what would it be like if you tried to guard me down on that field? <laughs> and, and, Jerry goes, and Jerry says, well, you, you, you'd beat me, you know, you'd beat me, Des, you know, yeah, I'm an old man. Yeah, I, I mean, that wouldn't be fair. He goes, well, then why am I negotiating with you? <laughs> right? It's that simple. These Jerry Jones and his people are trained to negotiate contracts. That is what they do for a living day after day after day. Okay. They deal with money all the time. You do not, as a player, as a player, as a 20-something player, as and, and no matter who you have around you, you do not have that kind of expertise. You do not have that kind of experience. Do not pretend that you should belong in that kind of a conversation yet. Someday, maybe. Not yet. Let me give you one, too, Jace. I'll never forget this. You're, you're, you brought it back full circle for me here, so... My, my circumstances were kind of funny coming out of college. I had to go into supplemental draft, and I signed the same contract that Jerome Brown signed. And the signing bonus, though, had a little bit of a handshake. And I'll never forget Hugh Culverhouse comes. <laughs> I can see shake. Hey, wait a minute. So my inexperienced agent, and by the way, Randy Fataha told me I was crazy. He was tied in with Bob Wolf back in the day. And they, we go into this, and Hugh Culverhouse goes, I'll tell you what, Diane, I'll give you a $75,000 bonus addition. All you have to do is make sure you're healthy for the entire uh, roster of that season, 87. I'll give you 75000 Well, we sucked out loud. It was a strike year, too. So I get called back into the office in February, Jace. And I've posted this because I've posted the, the note that I got. And he goes, well, since you didn't really play all that hot and 
since we didn't have a good year. I'm gonna give you forty five thousand. And uh, here's the here here's the piece. I said you promised me seventy five. He goes, here's forty five. And if I were you, there's a line right there. It says Daniel W. Cilio. <laughs> he goes, you know that thing was a promise too. I could make this go away. <laughs> and I went, give me the Snatch. damn paper. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, that's, just, yeah, like, uh, that's just uh, you know Stupid. that's how this works. It's that's yeah. how, it's how it works. I mean, it's and 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 I know I've heard you know Richard Sherman and Bobby Wagner. You know, yes, star players have the ability to go and leverage themselves better than your typical player. That doesn't mean to do it. Like it's Richard Sherman. I know he'll defend his contract forever and ever and ever. But when you're coming back and you're betting on yourself on a short-term deal, just do a one-year deal because you want to hit the market again the following year when you're coming. And he didn't do that. So he didn't maximize what what was coming out of that first really good year with San Francisco. And now he's two years into that contract. And now by the third year, he's out on the, you know, he's out on the street. He's probably going to be lucky to get four or five million dollars to play this year, maybe seven or eight, but probably four or five. Absolutely, man. Like you said, those guys didn't become billionaires because they cut fair deals. <laughs> and they go, right. you brought up you brought up the collective bargaining agreement. I found out something having read it, and Aaron Rodgers kind of has an out in this thing in a way. That there was there wait, well, get this. There was a deal constructed last year with the COVID-19 protocols that said that you could opt out in 2020 or 2021 if you have concerns of COVID. Say he's not vaccinated. Maybe he doesn't want to be vaccinated. This is another issue for the NFL. That means this now, because of that deal they constructed, he would not have to give back any signing bonus money. He would not have to have any of that roster bonus money taken away from him. Now, the catch is this. He has to inform the league by July 2nd, I believe, if he's going to do this. Do you think he's even entertaining no, no, that? No, 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 no. You forgot the bigger catch. Okay. The bigger catch is it's irrevocable. You can't play. So okay. you can't so come back you, and change your mind. No. This is not like retirement. Like, uh, I retire, but maybe not, right? No. If you choose that, if you choose to opt out by July 2nd, you're out for the year. You're done. Okay. And, and I get people say, well, he's got this out. Yeah, it's a pretty st- – that. Yeah. You, at age uh, – what is what is Aaron? 37. 37. Right, 37. You're going to give up a year of your career at age 37 yeah. when you're chasing titles? No, and I mean, not 30 million either. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're probably – you might give up – the money is less important to him because he has alternative ways of making it. And I know 16 million is 16 million. He can cover that, okay? He can't. And 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 he can, you know, enforce that I'm not going to show up and you got to trade me. He can force his way out. I doubt that's going to happen because if he really wanted to force his way out, he would have done it already, and he would have pushed the nuclear button on this one. He would have said, "I can't play for the Packers anymore. I refuse to play for Matt Lafleur. I refu- refuse to play for Brian Gutekunst. I'm out." Like, just trade me, get me out of here. If he really wanted out, he would have done that. And it's poisonous, it's ugly, but he would have done it. The fact that he has refused to do that so far tells me he doesn't want to look bad. And if you don't want to look bad, you're not willing to go the distance. And so ultimately, I would bet on him playing for the Packers this year. I would not bet. I would. He'll make a stink out of it. He may not show up to camp on time. He may cause problems, but I think he's ultimately going to play for them. But he's going to make it very uncomfortable. I don't think that he'll take that option of not playing at all because I don't think it's the money that's driving him. I think what drives him is he wants to win titles. I think he's, you know, when you get right down to it, and this sort of comes full circle to Brady, the thing that upsets him the most is his his career has been squandered. He's looking at Brady's got seven titles. He's got one. And you know in your heart of hearts that, that Rogers thinks I'm better than that guy. Whether that's true or not is, is irrelevant. In his heart, he believes he's better than Tom Brady, and he should be the guy who has multiple titles. At least he should have more than one. And that's ultimately what frustrates him the most because, you know, like everything he's done this offseason has been about, you know, what do we do in that playoff game? What are we doing overall? You know, what look at look at where my career's going. 
know, I just lose a game to Tom Brady because my coaches don't know how to run a defense at the end of the first half and they're kicking field goals, you know, in this situation. I mean, come on. You know, like that's that that that's just you, you feel like your your whole career has been squandered because of that. Jace, we're back in the stadium business. I'm wondering if it's going to get as ugly as we saw in Oakland and in San Diego with uh, Buffalo and Chicago and what's going on. you got the commissioner now jumping out in front as he is paid to do now. Uh, he's going to be the bad guy for the communities if they're going to end up moving outside uh, Soldier Field, not moving different states, obviously. The Bears aren't going anywhere, but they could do what – the 49ers did by going to Santa Clara. That's not really San Francisco. And the Bills, though, that's another case. That's a different thing there. I mean, they could eventually maybe look for another place. How do you see this thing playing out here? Do you think it will gather steam like it did in those other markets? I think the difference in this one, and it, it was hard for the Spanos family to do this in San Diego because, and that's why they, they sort of bungled it as badly as they did because they never took a, a hardcore approach on what they were going to do. Um, you know, they lived in San Diego. Okay. They, they raised their children in San yeah. Diego. They were part of the San Diego community, even if the San Diego community soften made fun of them. I mean, Dean Spanos and his wife, Susie, were embedded in that community. Um, it's hard to to leverage a community when you're as embedded in it. I think the Bears have the same fall. You know, it's the same thing, right? The McCaskey family, George McCaskey um, and the Hallis, you know, Virginia Hallis McCaskey, who's the patriarch. I mean, the they patriarch, are the NFL. <laughs> yeah, they're the NFL. They are the NFL and they're the Bears and yeah. they are Chicago. Like they're not looking to move out of Chicago. Right. And they're not looking to turn their name into mud, which is why they put um, Roger out in front on this one and not, and not try, but uh, again, eventually you have to play hardball. So are, how hard are you willing to play? You know, yeah, you bought Arlington Heights that, you know, where the old, where the old track was. What I always want to wonder is, is Arlington Heights so far outside of Chicago that people in Chicago are going to be insulted by that? Or is it, okay, we got to go to the suburbs for a game and it's okay. Right. Like I, that's the hard one for me to measure because, you know, Soldier Field is beat up and old and, you know, even when they put, did the, the facelift on it, you know, it's not great. I mean, Jason, it's, giant it's fans, giant fans go to New Jersey. I mean, forget right, right. I mean, So yeah, like, are you, are you, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't get, and, and they go to a place where there's a lot of bodies probably buried under there. You, you know that from being there. I, I, did I say that? Did I say that? I didn't say that. Yeah, I'll I tell you where Hoffa. I'll tell you. It's, I'll tell you about Hoffa. It's either in the north. Yeah. It's either in the north end zone or south. I'll let you know. In the old the place. In the old place. He was. He was. Touchdown oh yeah, zone. the old place. That's right. Yeah. 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 He's, he's been. We had to move it. Yeah. Whatever. But. Yeah, like how badly are you willing to push this envelope? And it's hard when you are embedded in a city. The Hallis family, the slash McCaskey family, has it been embedded in Chicago for more than a hundred years? Are they really gonna push this button? No way. Uh yeah, it's hard. And and the Pagula family is is embedded in Buffalo for you know his his whole lifetime. Are they really gonna push this button? And that's hard. That's hard because if you do that, you have to do what Art Modell did, which is you got to get out of Cleveland, right? You can't live there anymore. You know, now I, again, I don't think in either one of these cases, these teams are going to be taken out of those cities. It's just, where's the stadium going to end up being? And, and in my view, look, I know that people in downtown Chicago along the shoreline believe that the bears should be playing on the shoreline at, you know, at Soldier Field. I get it, okay? I've been to Chicago plenty of times. I spent a lot of time there. Is it really that different playing at Arlington Heights? No. I don't know. I, I You know, I don't know how far that is to go. Is it the city? No. Is it still Chicago? Yeah. Um, are people really going to boo and hiss? It's, it's a leverage play. They're trying to leverage the city of Chicago into more money. The problem is that the McCaskey family doesn't want to play the leverage game, and the Pagulas probably don't want to play the leverage game either, even though they they desperately need to have a new city, new stadium in both cities. You see what that guy did? He talked pushing buttons, Pagula, 
Cilio, Paisans. I mean, hey, Jimmy it's always Hoffa. about yeah, well, pushing. Jimmy Hoffa. We got some better. We got some guys. Jimmy Hoffa, yeah, old well. place, Detroit, Chicago. Uh, yeah. We moved it all. You know, you know, but see, you know, my people were Meyer Lansky. Okay, those were my people. That's my people. Okay, he had all the money. How you doing? Hey, get the book, Jace. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. See you, dude. Be good. You got it, man. That's my friend Jason Cole, Hall of Fame voter. We'll take a brief timeout. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.